You're listening to El Yoshi Video Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. For the lesson into new episode, Yoshi Den. I am here with my friend Marty Caproni, radio station Springfield. Let's just keep it that way. Is that, is that, is that cool with you, Marty? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I have permission to be here, but uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say something inappropriate later on when we get careless and get you in trouble. So we don't want right. that. So right. they were nice enough to let us use the production. It's um, a very modern facility, and when you brought me here a couple of days ago, I was really impressed. I'm not going to say what kind of radio station it is, but I was very impressed by the pictures, and uh, I'm very happy to be here. And um, we didn't really plan to do this; it, it was like a last-minute thing. We were just talking late last night, so it'll be fun to do it like a quick an hour or so. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that, that works for me. I mean, we we normally have these conversations, like we were at Denny's last night till what I don't know three in the morning, three thirty in the morning. We have these conversations, and we never record them, and they're usually after. I think that they're good conversations, so it's weird. Uh, well, two things I have to mention. I mentioned you before because one, when when did that happen? <clears throat> we we found something on the bridge. Oh, the porcupine! Yeah, three or four years ago. Yeah, three or four years ago, and uh, yeah, Yoshi came out here. We did a show, and uh, we were driving to Denny's again. I guess the tradition after the show. But by the way, Marty is a very funny comedian, and uh, he does a bunch of other interesting stuff in his life. So that's okay. So go on. Yeah, I don't know how funny or interesting, I am, but uh, but we were uh, crossing the bridge. <clears throat> And uh, Yoshi's like, what is that thing? And I, I didn't see it. And then you said, hey, stop. And I stopped the car. And it, it, I, I, you know, it's not porcupine. A beaver, that's what it was. It was the... Well, for, for a second, I thought it was a dog. Yeah, it was the size <clears throat> of a, a medium-sized dog, at least. Probably 60 pounds, 50 pounds. I don't know. It was the biggest beaver I've ever seen. And but it had a very different hair structure. So for a second, I thought maybe it was, was that a wild pig or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> it, it was... Uh, and it's, it was weird because... You could tell it was confused because it was on the bridge and it could hear the waterfall below the bridge, but didn't know how to get back to the waterfall. Right. So you were uh, you were a kind enough animal lover to uh, I got out and stopped traffic and you kind of walked the uh, little guy down the embankment. And <clears throat> maybe he's eighty pounds now. Who knows? You know. I mean, I kind of tried to move. I, I kind of blocked it, but eventually you call. I asked you to call the cop, and they sent a cop. But they sent a female cop to deal yeah. with the beaver, you know, so. <laughs> the joke but, right on with that. But, you know, this is Western Mass, and I mean, that was the first time I've seen a beaver. I mean, every par- different part of the country have different animals, I guess. But I was blown away by our mutual friend, Tom. He took me to one of the lake, and the, this thing that beavers make, the dam. Oh, the dam, yeah, yeah, sure. It's no joke. I mean, I've seen shit in t- cartoons. You know, I think it's exaggeration, but it's it's quite amazing. They're highly organized animals. Uh, beavers. I, I mean, I don't know why I know this, but they 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 for, they work as a team to make a shelter. There's usually yeah. you know ten or twelve of them in a family of beavers, and they make those dams. And yeah, I mean, even though you look at it, it just looks like a blob of sticks inside that dam. It's actually all laid out there. They eat, they have yeah. rooms for themselves and everything else. Sure. I used to backpack a lot, and we used to see them a lot uh, when we backpack. And there, I mean, the the the, the phrase "busy as a beaver" is for a reason. They, 
uh, one group of beavers can make a uh, like a lake like that, like uh, block damming up a stream. Like they they work like around the clock. It's it's incredible to see. It really is. It's incredible to see, and I'm seeing multiple of them working together. And it's almost seemed like, as one of your favorite coach would say, "Do your job." Yeah. And uh, it's it they get their shit done, but it's it's it boggles my mind because they're animals. But this construction, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, it's uh, yeah. if you if you haven't seen it, it's amazing. Go check it out because I was blown away. I didn't think they could make that big of a dam and it's, to have that kind of control. You know, it's weird to me that you have traveled the entire globe. And- yeah have lived in all these exotic countries and vacation in Afghanistan. And, yeah. and then you come out to Western Massachusetts and the mind blowing thing for you is like a beaver dam. Cause to me, that's like, that'd be like me going to LA and being like, what is this food truck? Thing? <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like, Holy cow food. They put food in trucks. Like we just, we're used to it. It's a, we, you know, you, if you live out here and you're in the woods at all, you know, I, it. I think uh, it's a sad statement sometime because I've been to different parts of the world where, for whatever reason, ethnic, religious, maybe even gender, historical reasons, but some of those groups cannot get along and get their shit together in their country. And you see these simple animals making these complicated things possible. Oh, you yeah. Know? So, yeah. Anyway, I I saw that with Marty before Denny's. And this particular Denny, Denny's is very famous because our mutual friend Carlos filmed people getting fight, right? Yeah, he... he- filmed a, this group you know it's always funny when you see a fight happen so the, the the way he filmed the video was there was one guy and another guy that the girls were mouthing off to each other and then what happens of course you know that this is why girls like to mouth off to each other a lot of times and if i thought it was going to be a guy's fighting right no so what happens is well what happened was the two women in the thing argue with each other right they, sure. they're the top and then the two guys then have to like Okay, then they have to fight. They have you know, to fight, yeah. Which I'm sure neither one of them wanted to be signed up to right. fight. What did you say? It and it wasn't really much of a fight, really. Maple they were kind of pushing each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was over maple syrup. So the two guys fight, and then the, the one guy leaves, and then the other guy's still kind of, he's punch drunk, he walks away, and then the, the ladies are still really rapping it. And yeah. then uh, the uh, the girl that's that seemed like she was a little more like... Aggressive? Yeah, aggressive. You know, it was like this, uh, I don't know, to me, like the, like a lot of the typical, like, women that I see around my town. Like, kind yeah. of like a, not, I don't want to say valley girl, because they're not, but like, you know, like, I don't know how to describe it. I want to be, I don't want to be politically correct, but uh, it's, it's, it, was a, it was a white girl mouthing off to a Latina girl. And the white girl, I think, is... And let's be honest, they were kind of mouthy, and they were... Over over the top. And the Latina heavy girl... set type too yeah because the, in the movie what was the movie with the uh bank heist movie with ben affleck um the town yeah, town yeah yeah and break lively always beautiful yeah yeah but she tried to play one of those girls but she's she i just thought she's she pretty. was too beautiful to be yeah, played yeah. that part yeah. you know well those girls definitely weren't too beautiful to play the parts that they were no. playing in the, <laughs> in the in the fight but the the the, the uh the white girl who's really the loud vocal one you could just see it happen in the video. You're like, oh boy, oh it's gonna happen. And then yeah. her friend teamed up with her. And then the the Latina girl was just like, look, I've had enough. And then she, she just, started hitting. Yeah, yeah. She housed the two of them, you know. And then that was it. And and Carlos put that up, and he had like I don't know, a million or two million views. 
but he took it down because someone scared him about you're using lawsuit like or something, this, like that. something like that. But well, this this conversation started because I was surprised when I when we walked in last night after I saw Jason Bourne movie, um, I saw a police officer and he was talking to one of the uh, customers or something. I thought he just happened to be there for that second. I didn't realize until when we left almost 45 minute hour later, he was stationed there. Like he have to be at this particular Denny's because I have to, I guess they have a history of violence in it's, there. Every weekend it used to be like there would, there would be fights. These there. are the, these, some great, amazing, f- fancy places that Marty would take me. Well, yeah, <laughs> I show Yoshi the world, but you know, here's the thing. It's like beaver and fight Massachusetts, uh, new England. You were saying like, man, these people are really violent or whatever, but uh, honestly, I don't know if so much as we're violent, but we just have short fuses because we live in a place where the weather is so miserable. Yeah. You know, it, it can be so nice for a 10-week period, which is probably worse than if you lived, like, yeah. in Alaska or somewhere where it's miserable all the time or whatever. I don't really know geography, so I don't know if Alaska is miserable all the time, I'm assuming, though. And uh, people just get, you know, they get, and then I think New England has that streak, like that rebellious streak. It's the same thing, you know, it's the cradle of our country it's where the country was founded sure is that i think that we've always had that sarcastic rebellious kind of streak in us which it is a good comic it's a remarkable place i think it's very underrated i think people who are visiting from overseas they usually go the same usual suspect like san francisco new york city la vegas then um you know those are the probably the popular and i think maybe even like places like texas but i i have to say Ever since I started listening to your uh, uh, local, I don't know, what would you call him? Bill Simmons. He's like, oh, yeah. he's, he's a pretty big figure from this sure. part of the country. Big fan of his. Um, I'm originally from Japan and lived mostly in Seattle, but um, I kind of learned to like that area because it, there's definitely that us against them mentality. Yeah. You know, with the whole thing with Tom Brady and um, NFL commissioner and things like that. I am... Um, it's quite remarkable what the city that the Boston have accomplished: four Super Bowls, three World Series, one NBA, one NHL. And all, all, what what's striking to me is that none of your college teams has won because it's one of the few places in the country that actually want to teach and actually educate people. Yeah, right. That's why they don't do well in college right. level. You know, it's um. Yeah, I mean this this area is heavy for university. I just find it so funny that. Out of everything that we've uh, created in New England, you're like you can tell yourself sports oriented because you're like you guys have done some amazing things here, <laughs> like win four Super Bowls. Yeah. It's like yeah, we did that, and we founded our democracy yeah. here, and uh, <laughs> we the, the Revolutionary War. You might have heard of that, but yeah, that that I think that genetic yeah. is in the people in Boston for sure, and I think the world is better off because of it because you know America's influence. I know the popular thing to say how bad we are, but we're not. I've traveled enough countries to know yeah. that even people, countries that supposedly hate us, their citizens would love to come here. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny, too, because you, you um, like, I don't buy that left and right thing too much. Like, the left makes the, sometimes makes the country sound like it's the worst thing on the planet. The right makes it now, because there's a Democratic power, makes it sound like it's it's not great anymore, and we got to take it back. It's like... Obama did a great thing because I've been saying that for a long time. Has it ever occurred to everyone that it is great? Yeah. America is great. Yeah, it's, it's just the great. people in this country don't recognize it. You know, right? And, and and it's not perfect, but it's great. Well, nothing is with yeah. humanity. You know, what I mean, humans are basically we're dirty animals, right? So we're just organized dirty animals. So so nothing's going to be perfect. But as far as balancing out each other, those two factions. But my favorite thing that I see a lot now is 
the discourse, like the level of discourse, you'll see like um, like on a Facebook or social yeah. media, you'll see somebody just trash, you know, whatever it is. They'll trash uh, religion. Like we've been talking uh, sure. about uh, Islam and all that stuff. So you see people and they'll trash Islam. And then, you, and then you introduce them to somebody who's actually a Muslim that, and they sit and they talk and they, they like the person. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you can't, you can't just judge uh, an entire group. I think I, look, stereotypes are hilarious. I, I find them funny. Yeah. Is it, it's an exaggeration of truth. Right. But there is some truth. There's in truth. There's yeah. the truth to every stereotype. Yeah. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, and that, that to me is funny. You know what I mean? If you let those truths define your life, that's where, you know, if, if I meet you and yeah. in my mind, I'm just like, I'm not going to talk to that guy, Yoshi, because, yeah. uh, you know, he owns a laundromat and he owns like I, whatever Asian stereotype that you have. You know, I'm not going to talk to Marty. I, I wish I guy. own a laundromat. I wish I owned something. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, you know, like, that's why I get along with you and like, um, even with all the crazy stuff on, say, on stage, if I'm friend with someone, they know on the basic level, they know that I'm just joking around, you know, but if they don't know me... It is always surprising whenever I meet someone like, wow, I was really scared to meet you. Usually women usually say that. And, but, um, yeah, see, you're, you're, I mean, to me, that what I like about it, like, you get it. So, like, on stage, I, and I truly feel like this, like, if you have some sort of bitter animosity in your heart, like, if you are really, yeah, if you really hate women, like, you're like a really misogynist guy who hates women, yeah. and you go on stage and you try to talk about, women you're, yeah. it's going to come through and, and same thing with race if you're like a really big i think everyone's got racism in them yeah. at some level uh, I, it's like fear or ignorance or whatever i think yeah. we all have that you know what i mean but like if you're really like a bigot if you're a bigoted racist person yeah and you go on stage and try to talk about race i mean people sense it and pick it up people are not stupid they're like dogs they smell that they smell that that, that you feel that way and then you can't talk about it I, know, I, I, mean? I think you're right because you know, I used, I used to listen to Opie and Anthony show. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a serious account, but what I used to love is when they used to have your uh, uh, native of Boston, Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, sure. Bigger than life, massive personality used to be on that show. And some people say Anthony might be slightly racist or whatever. And to me, even if it is, it's not the worst thing because as long as you don't act on it, but uh, Patrice love Anthony. They, could, they actually have honest conversation right. where... Um, Anthony's being honest and Patrice feel like uh, uh, he's having a completely honest conversation with a white person not being patronized you know and um, uh, I, I think I think it's always good to talk honestly you don't have yeah. to like that person you know you yeah, don't, no, yeah. no, no, no BS you know no yeah. you know and, and, and I mean I, you might end up learning something that right, you didn't I, know I'll say this about Anthony now I was a fan of Opie and Anthony when they were in Boston. So that goes way back, probably like, I want to say it was They're, around 97, it was 98. Monster shows, massive success. Huge. Yeah. huge. And, uh, and I was a huge fan of them. I mean, the internet was just becoming a thing. They used to, they used to I seem so stupid because they used, to be, they used to call their underground website. And I used to like email them like, how do I get to your yeah. underground website? Because search engines weren't even a thing. Then. Uh, but, but here's the thing I think that where Anthony, I think kind of, uh, everyone feels the loss of Patrice, I think, in the comedy world. But I think with Anthony, it's even harder because now he has—he didn't have the outlet, maybe, to have those conversations, sure. you know, daily or whatever. Yeah. And and I truly believe this. I believe that the people who listen to a certain type of media, if they listen to like a certain type of talk radio, or yeah. if they listen to a certain, like if I listen to MSNBC all day long, and yeah. then for my news, I go to uh, uh, the Daily Cost, which is like a, you know a big Democrat website. 
I'm going to, my reality now, my constructive reality is going to be this, this reality that they're selling me. Yeah. And the same thing with, you know, talk radio, you listen to Rush Limbaugh all day, you listen to uh, Fox news, you go to the uh, Breitbart and all these different websites that are like, nobody is interested in unbiased news anymore. Like the, the New York times, it feels like maybe I'm the only person that values that or whatever. And journalism is not what it used to be. So now it's journalism is like an opinion sponsored by whoever it's sponsored by. Sure. And I felt like maybe Anthony, you know, now he listens to all that and he has no outlet. So maybe he's not talking to Patrice. He's not having an honest conversation. And I think that's where some of that stuff he is, became what it became. He is immensely talented. Yeah. Immensely intelligent person. Too. I'm always like shocked, like, I don't mean to demean what they, what he does, but like he could have been a professor or something, you know. Because yeah. one episode I remember he 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 told Jim Norton and Opie that he literally memorized the blueprint one of the planes that hit uh, uh, yeah. Road Trainer. Like he literally one of those guys could memorize all that. Yeah. You know, he's he's a incredibly smart, curious person, and I I really miss the fact. I mean, they're all good guys. Things right. didn't work out. I don't know what happened internally, but I don't either, just yeah. like all great bands, kind of, it just kind of broke. I mean, it's, you know, they did it for 20 years, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's, I'm sure it's not easy working with the same people for 20 years, but it's very sad they broke down, you know? Yeah, but, you know, into the, the point about Norton too, like, like he's a guy that I think he, he, he kind of sillies it up a lot when he talks, you know, sometimes about sex or whatever. He's very funny. He's, but he made get, the show work because yeah. sometimes there's tension between the opinion. Right. He's and, like the and, pressure yeah. valve to it. And he's a, like, Norton's a really smart guy. If you listen to him talk and you listen to him on that show, he's definitely a smart, smart guy. He's got like very a very funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's got like a high, he's got a high IQ for uh, personality. So you could see him relieve that tension all the time. He's so fast. Yeah. Oh, dude. The retorts are very fast. Yeah. Um, it's like if you fall in uh, one of your favorite team and you have a three favorite players and just win championship all the time. Yeah. And, and, and just sad. Instead of getting beaten by a competition, it was like within themselves. Beat themselves and, yeah. yeah. It didn't, didn't yeah. work out. So anyway. Um, but here's the thing, Yosh. Both of them are doing way better than you and I. So. <laughs> yeah. So I can't feel that bad for them. You know what I mean? I mean, they. Um, so I, I think I, I think we got off track because over overseas and, and that kind of stuff. But I have to say, I think people on the right and people on the left get a lot of um, places to air their point of view. But I think most Americans probably don't even care either one of their parties. They don't even want to be bothered to be, they don't have a platform, but most Americans are just too busy working. They want to take care of their families and friends, and they're trying to have a little bit of like happiness in their life. And they're, they want to do something good but maybe a little frustrated because they don't know how to do it or they don't know who to trust because, you know, it's kind of like trying to donate yeah. money to like charity. And last thing they need to hear is they got ripped off, you know, but I think I really do believe that I've been traveling enough countries to know we go out of there ways to do as much good. Well, here's, here's where I, I, I a little bit disagree with that. I do believe that Americans are trying to, they're trying to leave, live the, the, the most, trying to eke out a moment of happiness in their lives sure. working 60 hours a week and everything yeah. else but i also think i mean that to me that everything in this country that's gone bad or is is bad yeah can be traced back to social media to me um because and i believe this because I, I i you watch the police stuff yeah you know you watch it happened before yeah. but now what happens is someone puts it on social media and now all of a sudden it is 
the reality. It's the constructed reality of something. So, like, my black friend's up here. The, they show that guy gets shot in the back down in North Carolina or South, South Carolina. Yeah. Or the kid who got shot in Louisiana, Cleveland. right? Oh, yeah. And, and that happens, and, and my friends up here are like, that could be me. And it's like, yeah. yeah, it could be. It could be. But let's also acknowledge the fact that that is in Louisiana, where it's still like 1957, as far as uh, I hear from people. Right. Like the racism still runs so deep down. There's just an accepted part of their life. You know? do, you, do you think maybe this is... Um... And the political opinion thing, just not to cut you off, but yeah. the political opinion thing. The other problem with that is um, nowadays everyone on social media has to have an opinion. So like for, for comics, for us, if I have an opinion, you have an opinion, yeah. we have to actually man up and go on stage and grab a microphone and say it publicly. Now, you don't have to. You can you can have your Twitter handle. You could be at Yoshi Who, and then no one knows who you are, and you can spout whatever garbage you want to spout and, and say whatever you want. And if you go on Facebook, you have your little audience of your sure. friends, and you put your stupid posts up, and they're all like, you're the best. You're awesome. That's so right. You know. So you just it just reinforces all the same bullshit. You know, It's all bullshit, is basically. A little over three years ago, I when I landed in Afghanistan and I was jet lag and uh, I was kind of trying to sleep. In the middle of the night, they were telling me something happened in Boston. Of course, that that the day I landed in Afghanistan for the second time was the Boston Marathon sure. bombing. And they didn't mean to joke around, but 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 the couple of the friends in Afghanistan were saying like, "Look how look at how dangerous in your country." They were kind of joking <laughs> how you know, but. Even though I was away, I, I do remember one of the interesting things people were saying because people who were living in Boston were tweeting and Facebooking uh, things were going on, and anyone could do it. So they're not qualifying journalists. So it was really confusing uh, yeah. when the uh, the journalists, and even the qualified journalists, they don't necessarily have the, all, all the updated yeah. information because they they might have the wrong information. But um, it was a little scary and confusing at times. But I just think we are going through that tough time right now because the internet is still relatively new. Yeah. You know, that shit was not around when I was in high school. And, you know, you're in radio business. Also, well, that that story, you know, the whole countries are getting invaded by space alien story. Uh, world, what is it? What is it? World of war, the war, the world. War of the world, yeah. yeah. And, and, and um, some people thought, Oh, it's obviously a story, but others that they're serious that we're getting oh, yeah. inv- invaded. So, relatively speaking, early stage of radio. So, I don't know if we'll, con- uh, how could I predict, but I think we're still early on and we're kind of learning through the social media and things like that. And I think even parents are still kind of learning how to deal with it too, you know? So, hopefully, 15, 20, 30 years, we, we have a better handle it. But let's be honest, it's still kind of new thing, you know? Yeah, and I mean, you're you're an optimist. I'm a pessimist. I feel like if nothing changes with it, it's just going to get continually worse. Like it, Because that's the progression that I've seen since it's sure. advent, you know? Um, and I don't think the people that that made it or created it expected that. The, the people that created it are altruistic. They think it's going to be great for humanity. and everything. Sure. And there are some components to it that are great. But like anything, it's got that dark side, and it just seems like every year that goes by, that dark side grows. I mean, you're at the point now where Facebook has a thing where if an event happens, yeah. a terrorist attack or something, you can like check into the terrorist attack, like, "Hey, I'm okay." You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like that's the commentary to me on our society. Like, we've gotten so bad that that's how you that's how you check in to tell your family you're okay. It's a it's valuable service, but why is there that many terrorist attacks and that much killing going on that you need that that someone actually had to program sure. that is insane to me. You know, I don't know 
if I'm necessarily optimistic, I, I, I think I'm more of like, it's, the future is always unpredictable, you know? Yeah. Um, let me give you an example. So, I don't, you know, we were talking about Pokemon Go yeah. on the elevator, right? Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I, I have nothing against it. You're and, not going to do it because you're Asian. You don't, you don't want to be stereotypical. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't even know. What, I mean, I never even watched one episode of Pokemon, but like people always drag, just like Michael yeah. Colleone, they just drag yeah, me good. back into Japanese pop culture stuff, right? So I, I kind of learned on, on, on my own, I guess I kind of forced through osmosis whatnot. But um, he, uh, I might not even say it right, which is embarrassing. I'm Jeffy. Hikokomori, I think it's a term for it. And it's a very weird uh, mental disorder in Japan where the, it's almost 99.9% of the time it's a, a guys. But these are a group of men. They're saying between half a million to maybe even seven, maybe 800,000 Japanese men have not left home. They have this mental disorder or glitch in their thinking that they're af- either afraid to go, social fo- phobia, or they completely cut themselves from society. They just refuse yeah. to get out of their home. We they, have that here. It's called ag- agoraphobia. But, they, but but it's even worse. It, there's a lot of mental illness in Japan, but they don't want to address it like the the, the white people, uh, a Westerner. But check this: since the advent of that damn game, these people are literally walking out of their house for the first time in five, seven, ten, twelve, fifteen years. Really? I don't think people who made that program had that in mind right so there's always unintended consequences it's right a nice, it's a nice side effect right it's, it's mean, a side effect so there's things that you can't imagine you know like one of the reasons i like science fiction because it expands your imagination and sure. make things impossible possible in the future Isn't but there's it weird though when you see science fiction that is now reality you start mm-hmm. wondering you know about the like it almost feels like science fiction in a way yeah be, like the, the matrix they talk about the that that movie now now there's a theory a prevalent a prevalent theory it's not like a conspiracy theory but that that we could be a computer simulation sure you know and and there's things that justify it, like the Fibonacci sequence and the the numbers. Elon Musk believed that in one of the speeches in yeah. Silicon Valley and uh, oh what's that black uh, of course black the, the brother he's a <laughs> physicist the fav, uh, very famous one he's oh. a cool brother he's going every show talking about science yeah why am I forgetting his name he's on Bill Marshall all the time I apologize. But even he, 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 people always ask him all kinds of stupid questions all the time. He doesn't tolerate those dumb questions. Yeah, yeah. But that's one of the things like, that's, there is a, some possibility of that, I, you know? So like, so these are smart people think that that's possible. Yeah. So I, I guess I, I have more trust of uh, serendipity and unpredict, unpredictable thing because, I mean, if you ever told me 10 years ago that, we're going to have a black president, and by the time he went, not only once, twice, but the two people that will be running for his position is Donald Trump and a woman. Yeah, you. Really it's just like it's kind of hard for me to believe. Yeah, you know, it's it sounds, and there's a lot of like weird, strange thing that happened that uh, make me think. You know, suicide kind of runs in my family, but yeah. the one reason I, I I don't, I have a good, I like comedy so that's keep me alive <laughs> but i think life is full of surprises that there's just something's going to happen so you should just wait around because um, yeah you feel like you almost feel like if a suicide you're going to might miss out something right like suicide to me is a it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem right sure. so you 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 don't yeah you don't know what's co- yeah i mean 
you don't know. You could walk out of here, buy a Powerball ticket, and yeah. become a billionaire and live the rest of your life in your wildest dreams. You know what I mean? And and you know, if you kill yourself, that opportunity is not going to happen. For yeah. You, right. You know, and I've known people who have too, and it's just the other thing I think is uh, they're a pretty inconsiderate act usually when people kill themselves. They they they. they they never think about the people who have to like clean up the mess of them killing themselves. I, how they do. I, I sympathize with that notion because you know, basically, ten week to ten days after my dad killed himself or got murdered, I we it still was, don't know. Yeah. My cousin killed himself, and I was really angry with him for a long time. But like, I I, I met other um, families of um, you know suicide, their yeah. family, and you just find out that. They really can't think anything by themselves because that sickness or whatever. We don't know for sure why they did it, yeah. but um, it, it, the life is so horrible for them that they can't. They really can't think about anything else about themselves, you know. And yeah, I think it's like anything too. I think uh, I, also, I, I, I think it's suicide is like a cultural thing in Japan too. Because I mean, I mean, I know like in, in the, during the wars and stuff, they was at. Uh, Harikari or whatever. Harikiri, would, yeah. Harikiri, the think. proper term is seppuku, but yeah, it's, um, I, I think, I think it's a cultural thing, but, but, um, they're not Christian too, because most of the major Judeo Christian, including right. Islam, I'm sure it's, you know, God created you. It's a gift that he yeah, has given a, it to you. It's, so it's not sin if you kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. We don't have that notion in Japan. So, right. They're not saying it's okay to kill yourself, but if you're in an impossible position where, you're, but it's like honor, like almost like an honor killing too. Like they, 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 they believe like they believe so much. Like if they were dishonorable, like a, a military leader, if he failed, like they take their lives. They yeah. would take their lives. Which, which I mean, oh, another, another, another one is if you're in heavily debt, you don't want to drag the whole family with you, so you kill yourself and you you take the responsibility obligation of your family away from i mean you're just you you're saving your family actually and there's there's a lot a lot of that you know you guys need some bankruptcy laws in japan it probably save a lot of life <laughs> well when you money when you owe money to yakuza there's no bankruptcy will, uh, protect, yeah. will not protect you you know i met some of those uh type of characters once in uh, san francisco uh yeah really intimidating people but but um I think part part of the reason why I like comedy and I'm not religious is because, man, sometimes life is not that black and white, you know. I and think life's always in gray, almost always in gray. You know what I mean? So I can't. I try not to judge people. I just put myself and figure out what would I do in that situation. And sometimes I don't. You know, you see, you. I don't know if you. I don't know if you've been watching this on uh, uh, the night of. It it is an excellent show on HBO. It's very uncomfortable because it has something to do with murder, and I'm thinking like. God, especially if I know for a fact I will be innocent, but circumstantial evidence points everything at me, and like I, I'll be nervous as fuck. And like, how would you deal in that situations? You know. Well, that, I guess. Uh, I mean, see, I don't, I didn't, I haven't watched. That's the one you were talking about. That's on HBO or something. Yeah, that's really good or, or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess if you look at it like uh, uh, on the whole. Uh, you're doing exactly what I'm talking about too. Like, so you watch something on TV yeah. and that becomes part of your reality almost like you're so invested in it. I remember you sure. telling me like, Oh, my pulse was up. My pulse was up. Yeah. like, I, 
I feel like I don't even have that most of the time. Like I'm, I feel like I'm detached and pretty numb to everything most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, you're busy with comedy and work and your family, right? I yeah, mean, but it's, it's, yeah, and even that sometimes is weird. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like you, you get into this thing and you're just doing shows, and it's like, yeah, like I was telling that to one of the new kids. I said, like, you don't understand how great things are right now. It's like you and your buddies in your car driving around, hitting open mics and doing VFW halls on Fridays and everything else. And you get, you're doing it with all your friends, right? Sure. And, then, and then that starts to shift because you move levels and now all of a sudden you're headlining or you're middle and this guy's doing that. And, yeah. and then you get to a point where, um, like the big shows, like, sure. like, you know, like the, like the, 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 you know, the 1500, the 2000, 3000, when you have those, those are supposed to be like, I remember like the first one I had being like, I remember the first show I had those 500 people being, sure. being like really like amped up and my adrenaline up. And then after you've done like a few of them that wears like that adrenaline part wears off, you just, it's just like, I don't know, you become numb to it. You're just like, oh yeah, now this is like what I do. You know what I mean? And I feel like sometimes you can't get that joy back out of it. So I feel like that with TV now, like when I watch TV, I remember there used to be shows like I watched the Sopranos religious. Sure. Now, if I watch something on TV, it's hard for me to invest anything in it. I don't know if it's an age thing or I'm just uh, that much of a cynic or, or I'm just, you know, sociopath. I don't know. I don't no, know. no, no. I, I, I can't understand. I think that's when you watch scripted shows or reality show, you know, there's a group of people that actually know the end, how, how it's sure. going to end. And I think that's why. I'm 47, and I still get excited watching sports because you really don't know. Yeah, that's true. No one knows. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one knows how it's going to end. You know, and sure, there's plenty of like okay games or or uh, above average, but there are certain games a few times a year. Like holy fuck! Like you know, recently with the whole Cleveland versus Golden State Warrior, yeah. man, talk about exciting ending, and that's why I think sports still kind of move me emotionally places that uh a great scripted show does but sports is sometimes superior because like i said you don't know you don't know how it's gonna end you you might make bet on it and the best team you think it should win but man uh was i happy when i put money in denver broncos in super bowl because everyone thought panthers gonna win it well here's my thing you know um you still get excited watching sports don't you you know i did i used to be real i mean Red Sox, I used to go 30 games a year, you know, 03, 04 season. Like, oh, God, Like, yeah. vi- vivid, you know, I remember them really well. And, um, but now it seems like, I mean, I still can. I can still, invest, you know, I can watch sports and still be invested in everything else, but it's not that way for me. But it's almost like, same thing with politics. It's the same thing, you know, like people have their, we're talking about the Democrats and the Republicans. They have yeah. their team and they just cheer for their team and they don't really care what they're doing or not doing. Like, I feel like that with sports. I feel like that with politics. Like, I, I like watching. I love, I mean, I love the Patriots. I love the Red Sox and everything. Sure. But I, I'm not invested like I once was. You know what I mean? I'm not invested like I once was. Maybe it's because I grew up, we, you know, never winning anything. We had the 86, you know, like the Celtics in the 80s. We had that, you know. But really, everything else, we have this loser. I think you guys have the winning uh, uh, fatigue. <laughs> well, now we do, kind of. Maybe, yeah, maybe that, that's that, it, that's, too. That's, you know? that's what it is. You know? um, no, no, I, I understand because I don't, I'm not, I don't watch regular season game as much as before. I just kind of keep track of who won, who, yeah. who lost, and probably a lot of to do with the fantasy football and, and sports betting or whatnot. Yeah. But uh, playoffs, I, I try to watch because it's, it's, it still is exciting. But... Um, I have other shit to do too. 
just like you do. You yeah, know? that's me too. I'm so, you know, I didn't I didn't watch one game of the NBA Finals, and I knew they were great finals. But I was busy. I was busy. I was on the road. I was running around. I was sure. I just I had. It was like I didn't have to like I had to prioritize what I was what I got coming up in my life and, and sure I didn't have the time to do it which was great you know it was crazy to me and my most my comedian friends have all sorts of time you know what I mean a lot of them do so they're posting all the statuses about it and everything else yeah and I just feel kind of left out like oh well you know well you got like I said you have bills to pay you have family and uh, yeah just stuff to but you're still doing comedy at night so you you are doing what you're supposed to do you yeah know? you know but it's just. You know, it's a weird thing. I, I just feel like, like the adrenaline. I don't know if as you get older, if it's a thing or, so, but like that adrenaline, that that push that I used to get, that investment, yeah. that whatever. It, it just it seems so hard to get nowadays. Like I can see, we can walk out of this. You know, tonight I'm gonna ring announce tonight for there's gonna be two thousand people or whatever. Yeah. It's it's MMA. I I love MMA. I, I love watching it. I I, I love the fights. I've sure. I've ring I've been a ring announcer for five six years for the promotion that I ring announce for great promotion you know i uh, saw the clip uh you were great you surprised me uh oh, with the stuff yeah. it, it's a it's a performance art but it's different from stand-up and uh, it was fun seeing you do that you know it's funny yeah. and you you asked me you go how did you learn how to ring announce yeah and i it's, there's no school for it i said you know all i did when they asked me they originally asked me because i was a comedian yeah and the they, i i've been with the company since the second event the first event they had some guy that they said oh he's really funny guy yeah and so he was the arena but he was like talking during the fights like oh he'd have the microphone like oh shit you know and and they wanted annoying yeah and they wanted me to do that yeah i was like no you guys don't understand this isn't about me at all when i do comedy it's about me i'm the guy with the microphone and the light this is about the fighters i said just let me play it straight, and we'll see how it works. I'm glad you said that because yeah. uh, one of the few porn director that asked me for advice about their movies, and he was his name is Mike Adriano, one of the top seller, probably it's like top one or two for Evil Angel. Yeah. He asked us when he joined Evil Angel, and I told him like, "Well, I like your movies, but you talk too much, and you got to remind the audience. You have to remember the audience are not there to see you; they're actually see, uh, to watch the girls, you know." So. Um, he still talked, but not as much as before. And and uh, actually, he did a really good job, like emphasizing what the consumers want. You know, what I mean, it's about the girls, and he's he's just like a furniture there, and uh, they're supposed to deliver orgasm or whatever. <laughs> so when you're doing that thing, I mean, always think about the audience, what they really want. I mean, sure, you want to put your little bit of personal spin as long as it doesn't interfere with audience enjoyment, but um. I just love how everything to you comes back to porn or sports, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or sports. You're like, yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly like porno. I'm like, well, I, it's, it doesn't feel like it while I'm doing it, but yeah, I guess, but it's a good point. Yeah. He to get out of the way, right. Make it happen or whatever. But you don't want to be that annoying guy. Right. You know, right. And, and, and honestly, the fights speak for themselves, the quality of fighters, the people sure. that are fighting there, that's, they train to do that. So I just try to give the most realistic expectation I can. So all I did before, I had already watched UFC yeah. since, I, I mean, I used to get UFC 1, 2, 3 on, on yeah. VHS. I used to rent them for the video store. So I had watched a lot of, of now, the, I, I have to evolution. say, if I was doing your job and if the fight is it's not good or it ends quickly, then I think it, at that moment when they're getting ready for the next fight, it's okay for you to do something funny because like, oh, that was a kind of boring fight. So I understand that's when you want to entertain the audience, right? I've only had to actually entertain the audience once because we had this kid who was fighting yeah. uh, in the in the in our uh, our the main event. 
and he had a real big attitude. He was supposedly going to be like the next big thing in MMA. Sure. And uh, he came out here, and we went back to the ring to see if he was wrapped. They go, he's not wrapped yet. It's like, well, we're ready to call the fight. Like, he's got to be ready. And for some reason, the commission dropped the ball on it, whatever. He wasn't wrapped. His gloves weren't, his wraps weren't signed, everything. Sure. So we had 15 minutes to kill. So you went up and entertained him. So after like the third time, they kept playing the rap song for his intro back and forth. I said, something's wrong. They yeah. came over the cage. He said, can you just do some comedy? But the problem is it's all ages because there's kids that come to the sure. fights and everything else. So I had to do like 15 minutes inside of a cage telling jokes and doing crowd work to people outside the cage and yeah. be clean. It was a random, it was a weird, I had fun doing it. It was a challenge. That was one of those moments that gave me a little bit of adrenaline push because it was different. It was something sure. new. Um, good experience. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good experience. I've had a lot of cool experiences. I've seen a lot of great fighters and good fights and, and everything else. And I, I like doing it, you know, so it's, 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 it's fun to me. It's harder to do now. The more I've been traveling for comedy. So now it's like the scheduling of it's really sure. hard to, to keep, you know, but I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to last keep- two years. I have to say, I, I, I have really changed my position on it. And I thought without even watching a one fight, I thought women fighting, it sounds terrible. But man, it's my favorite part of the whole thing now. Oh, sure. The, the, these women are incredible. And what, um, when I talked to your friend, Jesse May, yeah. she, she laughed because I told her you know, what's, what surprised me about the women fighting the after the fight, the winner, when they cry, it just makes me laugh because you won and, and, yeah. and she's crying. But that's how honest women are with their emotion, you know, because guys are not, <laughs> we're trained not to show that. But, um, I, I just think it's just incredible. Like I said, here's another unexpected thing out of life. I never thought uh, women finally be, uh, uh, you know, enjoyed by the public. Not only that, when Ronda Rossi was fighting, it was like the biggest part of the fight. Men's didn't even come close to popularity. Like she was such a big. So, like I said, life is is full of surprises, man. I'm going to tell you, Ronda, everyone's sleeping on Ronda Rossi, but Ronda Rossi. is gonna she's gonna come back and come back big. I know there's a lot of controversy over a coach or whatever. Uh, one of the girls who fought for us, uh, what Mina Shafir, she's one of the uh, one of Ronda's inner circle or was or whatever yeah. they call the four horsemen or whatever they were. Uh, she was a fantastic. She judo since she was a little yeah. kid, so that you know it's, that's a cool art. Um, I honestly feel like if you become you rise to the level of an Olympic athlete and you sure. rise to the level of a professional champion in something, you're not somebody who's gonna go quietly into the night most most cases. I, I, ho- think, I hope she, she does come back. I think she will, and I think she's going to come back, and I think she'll start collecting people's arms again, and people are going to be like, wow, we feel silly forever saying this stuff about her. Um, but th- the woman fighting, like, we have a, a, a woman that's fighting for us tonight, uh, a good friend of mine, Sarah Payant. Um, you'll probably see her in the, in the UFC. She, the, her dedication is there, right? She fights. Sure. It, when I watch her fights, to me, most of the time, they're more entertaining than a lot of the guy fights, you know sure. what I mean? Um, and and it's kind of like going to see a headliner co- comedians, and sometimes you find a middle act is funnier than the headliner. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Although happen. it's weird because the middle, you, when you're on the middle of the show, you know that's the sweetest spot of the show. You don't really that's have true. the pressure. You know, what I mean? when you're hosting, you, you're well, you're opening the show. You know, whatever. Yeah. When you're when you're middling, the the audience is warm. You don't have the pressure of the show on your back sure. when you're headlining. You know, when the middle's killing and you're out there, and the rest of the show better better that it uh, you know what what, what uh, you know my, my podcast is really about nothing so it's all over yeah. the place i was i was a little surprised when misha tate lost 
I was surprised when Holly Holmes, well, she lost twice now. Yeah. Um, it just showed how difficult what Ronda Rossi did. Sure. It, no it, 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 it's, um, you know, I hope she come back. And all those women winning, winning or losing, massive respect. Um, Here's to me the secret of Ronda Rousey. One of the things that made her uh, so good is she's dominant fast, right? Yeah. Um, what ha- Fighters are intelligent people. Coaches are intelligent people. So Holly Holm was a great boxer. I mean, she was a champion boxer. So you knew that she had hands, right? I don't know and why Ronda uh, That was the dumbest pl- thing that she did. Ronda played against, came out and won that. She, she fight sure. at her strength, not the mid-level. Her, all, all great people, it's it's Anderson Silver and her. It's the same story. They they, they, they get to a point where the, the competition's not challenging themselves as much anymore. Yeah. So they become to take their own challenges inside the cage. Like, maybe I'm going to do this. I'm going to stand up with her. Hey, I'm going to showboat a little bit. I'm not going to even put my guard up and I can still beat this guy. Right. You know, And that, that, that hubris or whatever is what is ultimately leads to a downfall. Because when you're in there, you can't... There's a very small margin of, of, of error for in a fight, right? Um. But one of the things that made Ronda so good was there was no tape on Ronda. So like, Holly Holm lost. Yeah, she lost again. That's because people now had some tape. They could watch. They could see what she does. They could. You know. Ronda was beating people in like 17 seconds. Sure. You know, like a minute or whatever it was. So there's not a lot to watch. I mean, you, hey, let's find her weakness. Okay. Just don't run out in the in the middle of the ring. I mean, pretty, pretty much the only weakness that they could identify at that point was like, don't come out because she's going to. She's gonna throw you on your back. I, I, rip your arm off. I really hope she comes back. She will. And, I, I, I think she will. And regain, regain championship back. Yeah, that would be a great narrative. But there's also part of me thinking, oh, if she just would have just retired and not fought, fought Holly. Yeah, you know, if if, if it would have just been. Um, but better. why? At the end of the day, I mean, everyone's so obsessed with perfection. You know what I mean? But there's beauty in imperfection. It, and let me tell you something. Yeah, you won the world championship. And, yeah, and you defended it a bunch of times. But nothing will feel better than if she wins it a second time. I guarantee you. You know, it should. I you think she's coming back? I think she's going to come back, and I think she's going to win the title again. I, I, I believe that. I, if she's motivated, I mean, she got distracted with Hollywood and everything else. But if she's decided that she wants the people that live at, at that, who's level, the champion? Who beat uh, Misha Tate? I forgot her name. Um, Valentina something just yeah. beat Holly Holmes. So yeah, no, the noon is it noons or something like that. The uh, oh yes, yeah, Nunes, yeah. 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 So, um, so is, is, is the Valentina chick going to fight the Nunes now? In a, how yeah. does that even work? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a matchmaker. That's uh, Joe Silva's job, the guy for UFC or whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Vinny, right? He's a boxer. He was a world champ, everything else. That The people, the personality type. The Vinny people, Paz. Yeah. The, the, he's five-time world champion, right? Yeah. So the people of that mentality, the people that drive and, and and level of uh, of motivation to become that yeah if they reapply themselves to that i feel like you're silly to discount them from that the sure. people, D- D- dave chappelle is a great example right when dave chappelle ever oh dave chappelle's done dave chappelle's done no dave chappelle's done. dave was on stage when he was like 16 year old kid or something that's how driven he was for comedian sure. you know, for, to be a comedian that guy when he wants to come back believe me he's gonna come back and he's i gonna, think he even said he didn't like uh um what's that really rough theater in the harlem uh apollo yeah 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 I think he was 13 or 14, and he was telling in some interview, like, who bull a 13 or 14 child? That's how rough, <laughs> That's you know, it has nothing to do with black because, you know, he's a black performer. Yeah. So, but yeah, they're, man, those the, audience are pretty ruthless. Well, the, the culture in that place, they had the Sandman and the guy with the hook. It's sure. all based on that. You know? Yeah. That was like the America's uh, Got Talent or the American Idol before 
there was an America's Got Talent, American yeah. Idol. That was the the fun part of going to the Apollo was sure. watching the guy who sucked get ripped off stage and watching the one that you didn't think was going to be good go out and kill. Right. Um, but, you know, Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, like Burr is a good example. If Burr took two years off from comedy and just did movies, do you think he's not going to come back with a vengeance and drop some hour special that's going to blow everyone's mind? Sure. Of course it's going to. You know what I mean? It's that level of the work that that got you to that point, that level of challenging yourself that's going to make you better. And I think for Ronda Rousey, I think that's the case. Sure. Uh, you know, Anderson Silva, I think he was up against injuries, which is a different that's a different thing altogether, you know. I kind of enjoyed the last fight, even though he lost. Yeah. He gave his effort, you yeah. know. And there's no showboating this time. Well, now, yeah. now you watch. He learned yeah. that lesson. You know, he's he's even the greatest fighter can be given humility. You know, sure. Uh, it's it's uh. You go, like you, we we could always work harder. Yep. You know, it's a great metaphor for life and careers and and, and stuff too. You watch yeah. the people that do it. It's it's. Yeah, I know you know Rogan. You watch a guy like that. He's another one. He's the guy that exists in that. He's, you never see that guy just go do something half-assed. You know what I mean? Like he's going to become a jujitsu. He's going to become like a, a, a world-class jujitsu artist. He's going to be podcast. I'm going to have the biggest podcast. If, if there is such thing as Rogan having a problem, is that he's so talented in so many different things? Like how does he divide all the time? Because yeah. his podcast is just just crazy successful. It's it's not even like top comedy podcast. It's top podcast period, and it's always in like yeah. top twenty, thirty in the whole world. Stand up TV. I don't know. He's always, he, I'm sure he trains like crazy too. You know. Yeah, so, they say. Yeah. And they, uh, he, when he was in Massachusetts, uh, like it, it wasn't the same time that I was doing martial arts yeah. and stuff. I did it for a little while, but he was he was winning tournaments everywhere. Yeah. And Taekwondo is like a real heavy, like uh, with kicks and feet sure. and stuff usually. But he, I've watched videos of him, literally teaching professional MMA artists, like guys like George St. Pierre. Oh, I didn't teaching know that. them Teaching them. How to throw the the back kick that he throws the way he throws or we, like yeah. the guy the, and the, and and then being shocked at how how good he is at what he yeah. does you know uh, my, my curse is like I'm like that like I have that natural inclination and and desire to learn all these different sure. things and experience all these different things I just for some reason I've never had the uh, comedy is the only one out of all of them where I've still had the drive after doing it to be like I really want to get good at this sure like everything else has always been like. Yeah, that was really fun. Oh, that tournament, that was fun. I fought in that tournament. That was when fun. you have a good show. Yeah, you do get high. Yeah, that the the the, the big yeah, and and not even so much the good show. It's not even like the approval, but like when you write that joke that you that they, I know exactly. Like, like even the show is mediocre. You just slip in the joke that you're kind of working, and yeah. they they laugh like holy shit. You know, it's um, it's a comedy magic. I mean, That's what it is. Yeah, it's it's like that challenge and. It's, it's every time you go out, every time you go out, it's a different, it's a different thing, right? Yeah. So it's never the same thing. So it's not Groundhog Day. How, how are we doing? Time? How much time are we in right uh, now? We're 50. We're 50. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, I, I do want to talk um, um, because I, I do like to see you do your podcast. We could talk a little bit about, but you know, after, after hearing this, I'm, I'm sure you guys will be interested in uh, Marty's podcast. Uh, you're still kind of figuring out what to do, but you guys should definitely uh, everyone every once on Google Marty's name and uh, see what you know. I hope uh, by the time um, sometime this year they'll find out that you're doing some podcast. I know that it'll be funny, but it should it should also. Uh, I know you're going to have a different interesting twist to it. Yeah, you know? Yoshi, Yoshi's been pushing me to 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 really do the podcast. I've again 
that I've done. I mean, you have access to such a great facility, one thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I could do it here. I mean, it's just so funny. You know, I've, I've done three of them, and I hate them so bad that I just leave them on yeah. my computer, and I, 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 you know, I never put them out or do anything with them. But um, you've kind of – Jess May is another one, too. She, You know, her podcast is great. Like, so I have these people that I look up to giving me, like, you got to do it, you got to do it, you got to do it. So, maybe, you know. I'll hopefully I'll put, I'll put something together. Yeah. And people can find it. They can find my website. Uh, it's martycap.com. Uh, so M A R T Y C A P.com. Yeah. So if I, if I do do um, a podcast uh, relatively soon. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we don't have to finish. I just, I just yeah. wasn't sure where the time. Well, I appreciate um, it. So, you know, you, you, you grew up um, Chicopee, right? Yep. And, and um, how would you explain because every, every time people think about this, I mean, I think if you're visiting L.A., even if you mention a town, they're going to say, where the fuck is that? Yeah. You probably have to say Boston, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't specifically because the people in Boston are kind of a tight-knit kind of click, kind yeah. of. It's like a scene. And what I did is I started comedy in Worcester, Massachusetts, which had a little teeny scene. Uh, my friend Orlando Baxter was really I think Stanhope is from there, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Stanhope's born in Worcester, uh we talked about that a little bit. We, we did a show and he, he was born in Worcester, but he moved out Shrewsbury, but he moved out b- before he did comedy. I think he I said he started in Vegas or something like that. He was, he was coming, but, um, but he's got that new England, you know, he's that edge to him, but he, uh, incredible edge. Yeah. yeah. He, he, one of the best comedians, him, Mattel, you know, those Burr, those are the guys that I just, you know, blow my mind. But, um, but yeah, so, so, I don't tell people that because I, what I did was I started in Worcester and then I, I went to Providence and I kind of established myself a little bit in Providence and I went to Connecticut and I said, like, I basically just started replicating scenes now, you know, like ne- next week, I don't, this probably won't be out by then, but, uh, the, you know, I'm doing Nick's, I'm headlining Nick's in Boston, which is like a legendary club in Boston. So yeah. To me, that was a big, that was a big kind of and I, and I have to say, uh, one of the rooms I was really happy to do is that Chinese restaurant in your town. Oh, Hukila. Uh, yeah, it's legendary. 40, because, 40 years. Because I keep hearing a tale and uh, all these big people I like always talked about it and I was able to uh, open for him and a tale was nice enough to let you host or do... Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was that was really, really fun. He's and the uh, best Yeah, he was uh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a tale... I'll tell you what, he, he... I worked with him a couple more times after that too. I worked with him at Foxwoods and stuff like that. I felt bad because I, I ended up getting kind of I think tricked by someone who said they had they were talked to him and they were going to interview him or something. So yeah. I brought him back to the green room, but then I got the feeling from him that maybe he didn't want them in the green yeah, room. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy, so he's probably not going to be happy with me. But uh, super th- th- that 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 Lao is a legendary room, you know. And then my little room that we start, my little club, uh, Cabot Comedy yeah. Club, that's going to be the Hookie Lao is like a level. Love doing that room. I have yeah. really had a fun time doing it twice. And uh, yeah. People should come and check it out. Yeah, Cabot's a Cabot's a, a fun spot. The, 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 and the it's on Cabot great. Street and in uh, Chicopee, yep. and you guys yep. should come and check out. And the owner Paul, a great guy, couldn't be more gracious. You know, uh, like last minute, I show up, had a place to stay, and then uh, it's the only full time comedy club in Western Mass. So you guys should definitely come and check it out. Oh, I appreciate and, uh, that, Yosh. Thanks. And uh, check out the sports scene. And you know, I, I sorry to go back to sports, yeah. but I'm really fascinated because. I'm from Seattle. I love my teams, but um, they they don't have like that swagger to them that the people that I meet in Boston and New York for sure have, you know. Yeah. And um, and I'm very respectful. I I thought um, I, I every time I met Patriot fans, 
Of course, there's always going to be one or two idiots. No, there's, there's more than that for Patriots. But when I met met a lot of them, Indianapolis, I've seen Patriot play the Colts three times, and um, yeah, they're um, they're very very confident of their team. <laughs> oh, the Colts? You're saying the Colts? No, 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 no the, the Patriots. The Patriots yeah, we are. But they're not arrogant. But they're even they're down. They're still confident that uh, Brady and the Village is going to do something. Um, so the three times I think. Two times they won. The one game they didn't win is the game where fourth and two and Belichick decided to go. Mathematically, it makes sense because yeah. there was still too much time and that fucking uh, Manning at home. Uh, I mean, I, I, when I say that fucking, I mean with a great respect. He's a uh, he's an assassin. <laughs> you, mean, you mean that, that fucking, with with the greatest respect, Peyton? Please. No, but he's he is a killer. You know, you yeah. you give enough time yeah. and uh, and Brady too. That's why. It, but 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 it, was, just, I I was sorry. I I was happy to always pay premium money to see two guys play. When you see those two yeah. teams play, because even if you're not a fan of those teams, it is it's 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 such a pleasure to watch a game like that. You know, it's just it's so fun to see the competition. I'm gonna get heated here for a second because because it's important to me. Uh, and all my friends in Indianapolis, uh, I apologize. Uh, but you know what? When I went out to Indianapolis, the Colts fans, yeah. I was at, I did Crackers for the weekend out there. Yeah. Uh, Crackers Comic, a great club. And the Colts fans kicked my head in all weekend. Just yeah. I, I'm from New England. Boom! Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. But I, here's what bothers me about this whole deflate gate nonsense. I got to get it off my chest. Yeah. Um, is the hypocrisy of it. The, this, the Brady, it's clear that Brady, most people, even the people who were originally with Pitchforks, have said the guy probably didn't do anything. But Goodell's going to punish him anyways. Right? right. But now no one talks about Peyton Manning. He's not considered a cheater, although he had HGH being sent to his wife's house and everything. It's like you look at that guy from when he started to what he looked like in yeah. his last season, and his forehead literally grew exponentially, like to the point that you watch him in those post game interviews, right. and his forehead's all red, and he's yeah. just like, you know, like, you know, and it's like the equipment manager hasn't resized his helmet because he doesn't realize the guy's head's growing every season, you know what I mean? And that, and that guy, no one ever mentions in a word uh, of cheating at all. But Tom Brady who you can clearly look uh, at. He was clear recently, uh, 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 Manning. There's no way. The, the, no way. The, the, well, the news was he was clear, but I, I, will say, I will say something about those two. It's interesting. I think Brady got punished because all he ever thinks about, except for his wife and children, is winning. Winning in football, right? Mm-hmm. And I think because... See, Manning is so accessible to uh, reporters and things like yeah. that. So, he, do you know where I'm going with yeah, this? Yeah, no, I was going to say, he, 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 has, he has a better control. He definitely have a better control of media. Sure. He's public he's Because that. he put more time in it. Sure. He's the funny guy from the Papa He's the Papa a very John's funny guy. Commercial. Yeah. So, uh, why, why don't we love him? And Tom Brady's the idiot holding a goat and a pair of Uggs. So, the, 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 the public sentiment against him is that way. And he's like a hot girl that's not so hot that other yeah. girls dislike them that they find him threatening he's not a super good looking guy so you and, know and, and he's more relatable and i think yeah. he did his time and I'm, I'm sure behind the scene i'm i don't think manny's a bad guy at all i just think he he realized that that the, the value of having sure. the media on your side obviously well, i think he's a great guy yeah. I, as a guy i think he's fantastic but brady you know? i I, ha- I just say even people who don't like football it's just i think guys are just jealous he's He's probably one of the best looking guy ever to play football. He's got the probably the most beautiful wife ever. Sure, their kids worth are worth half a billion dollars. He lives in a yeah. Uh, she makes more money than him. Yeah, beautiful kids. Yeah, full championship. 
So I think without even putting a little bit of time and effort finding out what actually happened, I think if they're not from this area, they're going to say like, well, fuck that guy. Because I've heard too many people say like, they just yeah. don't like him because he's good looking and right. successful. Well, I feel like in some way, I, you know, I said the joke on stage that way. People are like, aren't you upset that he's suspended? I was like, listen, the guy's sleeping with the hottest <laughs> Superman on the planet. He's got 18,000 square foot mansion. Uh, he, 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 he literally is so good looking yeah. that, that, that he's got a, a dimple on his chin for crying yeah. out loud. I said, you know what? He, yeah, he's I'm got trying the movie to pay the mortgage on a, yeah. on a 900-something square foot cape yeah. in Western Massachusetts and struggling to do that. I've got my own problems. You know, screw Tom Brady. If the worst thing that happens to the guy is he got accused Sonny he didn't do or whatever, then, oh, well, you know what? Deal with it. Everyone's got some adversity in their life. But it's not, it doesn't make it right. It's, it, doesn't you know, make, it doesn't make it right. But I also say I, I, I was watching football with Alan Thick two years ago. Yeah. And Alan Thick is a good-looking guy. His kids are good-looking. His yeah. son is Robin Thick. You know, oh, yeah, he's yeah. a really good, he's always a good hot chick, good looking. And he's secure enough to say when, while we were watching the game, Alan Thicke goes, well, that is a one good looking man. Yeah. And he's not gay, but no. he, he's secure enough to say that. But if has, you were going to be gay, you're going to be gay for Tom Brady. That's yeah, the way and, it is. And, and Brady is good looking. And when you have that much success, there's going to be fucking hater. For me, as a Seahawks fan, we lost because we made a dumb mistake, yeah. dumb decision. Pete Carroll. And a high 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 risk that was unnecessary and when you have a running back name anything with the word beast in them you yeah. give the fucker the ball oh, in yeah. and i think if they were just trying to get running with the ball i think they would have got in that's not to say they guaranteed they would have won because you know brady does crazy shit the last second too but sure. so i have no issue with uh, new england and what what should i i i respect them winning um every scientist that i talk to and all the paper tells me it sounds like it's nonsense that they're selling the public. And the, the report, I read probably one-third of it, maybe half. It's more difficult than Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce. It's on purpose oh, written yeah. in a crazy way. Yeah, it's the Wells report, yeah. But the judges made the right decision because they give the commissioner the power to make that decision. Uh, nowhere does it say the commissioner have to make the right decision, smart decision, sure. More of the quick decision. He has the right, make, right to make the decision, and he did. And I understand why he took a four-game suspension, but I think the rest of the country probably think he did it because admission of guilt. He's not guilty, in my opinion. No, I mean, listen, anyone who's ever lived in a climate like New England where it gets cold at night, hot during the day, whatever, and has taken a football and left it outside yeah. or taken their bike tires or whatever— understands that atmosphere affects the pressure inside something like that. It, Aaron Rodgers said he like overinflated too. Right. You know, right. Um, so it's very, it's, it's, it's all nonsense in, in, in general, but to be truthful, the one thing that, that is funny about that is it's kind of the pigeons or whatever they call it, chickens coming home to roost yeah. for, uh, for Robert Kraft because Bob Kraft was, he was, uh, Roger Goodell's boy. I mean, he was the one who helped, orchestrate Goodell's rise to power a lot. He was the one who consolidated behind him when Goodell was under a lot of pressure yeah. for other stuff, I think, in Dallas. Well, I mean, what was else. the thing like 19 years ago with uh, taping, whatever, yeah. right? And and um, it probably wasn't that a big issue. And no, I, well, I, that I, was a disgruntled employee, too, but people don't care about facts. This country doesn't care. People in this country, when they I think decide other team, I, I, think, I think other teams were probably doing it, too. But if, everyone was. But if the Cleveland Browns were doing it, they're not losing, so I don't think sure. they would have give a shit. But I think what got Goodell in trouble... They, that the rest of the other 31 owners think, well, he destroyed the tape because his buddy with Bob, 
and he's he's one yeah. of his uh, uh, toadies or something. So I think he saw opportunity to prove everyone that he's not a Bob's. Right. He overcompensated. He overcompensated. Yeah. yeah, he overcorrected his course. And 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 because I don't think he make a good decision when it comes but, to punishing people. But here's the here's the the way this country works now. Not just in politics. Not just in comedy. Not just in 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 sports. Whoever make the first accusations, right? R- right. Or whoever screams it the loudest, right? Yeah. Then it becomes fact. And, and people. People never want to research the thing. These are the studies that show people when they share a link on Facebook, yeah. and it has the title and the link, like President Obama did this, and everyone's like, "This guy's horrible." There's like there's like sixty percent of people don't even open the link; they just read the title on top of the the. And, the and link. also, we gotta remember when uh, they got in trouble in Indianapolis, they got supposed supposed deflatable through interception. So if you're gonna right. tell me. He was benefiting by deflating all that, throwing all the touchdowns. They won by like 38 points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, stop. And that was all political payback. It was all payback. The Ravens were involved yeah. in it, everything. All these people that had been beaten by the, their target. But do you remember? It was a previous week where uh, I got to hand it to uh, Belichick because that's like a really Asian thing to do. They read the rule and they positioned a line or something. It was within the, yeah. uh, within yeah. the rule. And Baltimore complained about it. Complained about it. Yeah. So they were so mad that they lost. Their GM contact Indianapolis GM about the supposed player. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And the, 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 but no one cares about those facts. They only care about whatever it is. They're, they're they establish their position, and yeah. then they're not. They don't waver from their position. Sure. And it, it, it it's bizarre. nobody wants to lose. That's why they right. have to complain when they lose. Right. It's bizarre. The the the, the tape gate thing. Yeah. All that that started. This guy Matt was uh, an employee of the Patriots. He was disgruntled because they fired him. He said, "Look, they do this wrong." The reality was. They were taping from an air. You were allowed to tape the other team, but you were supposed to be within a taped off area. This guy was uh, 50 to 100 feet away from the taped off area while he was taping. And it was Mangini who used to be a, a coordinator, was a head of the Jets. A, a thousand percent. And they did remember, so. Yep, and Mangini, I mean, Bill Bel- Mangini wouldn't have had a career if it wasn't for Bill Belichick. Sure. And I know that because I used to talk to Mangini's mom every single morning down in Unionville, Connecticut. Back when I was right out of college, I worked for sure. Coca-Cola. She used to come in. We used to talk football. He was like a he was like a defensive backs coach yeah. or something for the Patriots at the time. He would not have a career basically if it wasn't for Bill Belichick. Yeah. But he rose to that point. He he couldn't wait, so he had to. He wanted yeah. to become a big shot, and that was that was the payback between the Jets and the, and the Patriots. There's the the best part about being a Patriots fan is almost every game, every season, there's a rivalry. Yeah, which is fun to watch because you're invested in it. The funny part is the rivalry is really on the part of the other people. Like it's everyone else hating us because we're good. And and by the way, I, say, well, I, you guys I have to make way. one criticism about you guys because you guys you're in a pretty relatively easy division compared. You know, uh, well maybe not, not historically, th- not not even close. I mean, but were, not maybe this season. But uh, thank God you have. A lot of bad coaches teach coach in the, 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 those. Do you teams. think they're bad coaches? Do you think they look like bad coaches because they're playing games every every year against Bill Belichick? What do you think is more probable? They're I think getting so, out scouted. Yes, yeah, I mean Bill, Bill Belichick is a great coach, but man, when they see when I see those teams play other teams in that yeah. division, oof, it's um, I don't know, man. I don't really have faith in that division. But listen, here's the story, right? You said uh, you did a show with. Uh, like Artie and Bill and all those people, right? You're a good comic, right? If I put you on the stage with all those people, do you still feel like a good comic? It's it, you, I have to bring a plus plus game, and right. I'm still struggling. Yeah, right. And 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 it's the reverse. Like with with Belichick, he's light years ahead. You know, you could take you could take me and. 
five guys from the area here that are sure. decent comics and put us on a show. And then if you put Bill Burr on the show or Davis Hell on yeah. the show, guess what? We all look like buffoons who just got out of our first old mic. You know who? who I mean? uh, uh, now I'm I'm peak. Who's the coaches? I know the former coach for Jets, uh, Rex Ryan's now Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if if does Miami have a decent coach? I don't even know who it is. I don't even know. I know I know they 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 had a whole debacle last year. Jets actually kind of have a decent one now. I, I think I think yeah. he doesn't seem all right. He seemed all right. He seemed to be disciplinarian and the defense seemed pretty decent too. But I'm going to say Belichick's a good coach, but the other part is the ownership. Oh, he's a great Kraft, coach. Kraft, Kraft's ownership group, uh, Jonathan Kraft and Bob Kraft, they're very very smart. Very very smart. So that Bob should have fought harder for Brady. He, he never should have. He never should have paid the fine, and he, he, he admitted it after. But he was trying to throw up a sacrificial lamb, like leave my boy alone. We'll do this, and because the first round pick, that's a pretty steep. Uh, you guys did that twice in the last ten years. But the, you understand, it's all about quote unquote leveling the playing field yeah. to make, and that's the world nowadays. The world, yeah, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone's good. It's yeah. like uh, level the playing field. Hey, some people are just good at whatever they're good at. You know, everyone doesn't have to be the same at everything. Everyone doesn't have to be fair. It doesn't have to be... I don't, I don't, I don't of course, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I want Seahawks to win, but if they don't, I have voted in money on the Patriot winning and all because I just think... Not, it's, First of all, you're Asian. You're good at math. Those are great statistics right there. If you're well, I, I just think you're it's a good-looking... Two teams to pick. The good-looking as Brady is... I'm kidding, by the way. I know you're horrible at math, the, the, the good as uh, good looking as Brady is, I know inside when it comes to competition, he's a motherfucker, and you don't want to anger. You want to anger Incredible Hulk, you know. I think, yeah. I just think this four game. I know he could smile, whatever, but crazy competitor that he is, I know that shit's not going well, and I know his burn. He, that shit is burning him out. So that's I don't I don't I haven't even bothered looking at the roster. Yeah. I know you had new people come to, the, but to me. That's the biggest factor that I think I'm going to put money on that guy because who knows? It might be the repeat. It could be Seattle Patriots again in the Super Bowl. Brady's an amazing quarterback and Belichick's an amazing coach. And they, they function best together, but they could function independently of each other as well and still yeah. be great. Um, they're, they're beyond great. They're, they're literally the best that ever was when they're together, right? So when we had Matt Castle, we won 10 games that season. You know, the Tom Brady was out. We won 10 games anyway. So yeah. Matt Castle. So I'm pretty confident of Garoppolo. I think he'll do well. Um, I think that Belichick's going to have him a limited role and beefed up defense, and that's that's. Well, what do you, what do you, the first four games? How many wins you think? Three. I'm going to say three. Yeah. Drops one. Drops one. Maybe wins the first. Maybe drops. The, I don't know. But three. I I don't know how it's going to break down, but I I feel like three is a pretty good. Well, you know, I mean, many people in this area, they say, I don't even care if, if we, go, we go all, go all four, and they're back. still going to make the playoffs. When Brady, yeah, the, when Brady comes back, yeah. I'm looking for him to literally smash records all over the place. Yeah. You know, because he's going to be, there's nothing worse than a Tom, a pissed off Tom Brady is worse than like a angry Liam Neeson who lost his dog. Sure. You know what and, I mean? Like that's, he's literally going to be like, you know, in the huddle, like, I have a particular set of skills. He's going to be, that guy, um, yeah, he's gonna be that guy. Um, I, I um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait to, uh, football to start. Yeah, I, I like basketball, and baseball, and then I'm beginning to learn to like um, hockey and maybe even like uh, soccer. In a, in a certain depends on the circumstance, like World World yeah, Cup, yeah. Euro Cup, Euro uh, European uh, games. But man, there's nothing like football. It, it's really hard to explain to people. Man, it's so fun to watch. It's um. 
it's action packed. It's very American. It's it's, it's, it's high action, high violence. Uh, you know, because people, you know, uh, most of the world love America because the flash of basketball. You know, it's rough showmanship sure. is fun. People say baseball is our uh, national pastime, but believe me, if you if you want to understand Americans, culture, yeah. culture, football is America's passion. We're so passionate about that. We love violence. Oh yeah. boy, we. You know, we, 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 I mean, sorry, but we do love violence in yeah. this country. And uh, it's, there's no sports more violent than football, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean, you watch, I mean. I mean, It's v- literally war, you know. Yeah, yeah and, and that's the best way I was going to say, too, is it's a struggle of real estate, too. It's yeah. a battle of inches. It's a battle of yards. It's a, it's, uh, it's we have an infantry. Yeah, yeah, we have exactly the Air Force. Yep. It's you a, have the general on the side. Yeah, it's a really good metaphor for, for war. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, which, you know, and I'm not a big warmonger guy. I, you know, I, I, I mean, I understand that sometimes it's a necessary uh, evil. Uh, I think the world could do without it, but, uh, certainly within the white lines for football, it's a great way to get that energy. Um, well, um, we, we talked about this. I, I, uh, I, I hope you come to LA. Um, I met your friend, Jessica. She's, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's so fun, fun, loving, I mean, I'm surprised she's from here because she seemed more like California girl, you know, uh, like the golden hair, smile, and <laughs> sense of humor, you know. And, I've been uh, to her hometown. She's from Syracuse, New York, which yeah. honestly, uh, I tell her this all the time. It's it seems like one of the more miserable places on the planet because it's always it's northern, northern New York, right? Uh, it's upstate New York. It's upstate actually New- a nice little city, but it's it's always gray every time I'm there. I yeah. tell her all the time. I feel like I'm in a TV grayscale uh, show or something. Like I love Lucy. Or something. Sure, it's always gray outside. But yeah, she was there, moved Boston, New York, everything. She's uh, her podcast too, the Sharp Tongue one, the one that you did. She's very, very good on that. And and the uh, one that she did in Orlando was very funny and touching. Yeah, she interviewed her uh, both of her parents. And that was great. She's been so good to me, man. Like you know how you know how it is too. Like you you work with people and you, you have a good yeah. weekend, and they're like, "Hey, man, I'll, I'm going to get you on the road with me." And they say it and they mean it, kind of, but they don't. Ended up not doing it. They they, they they never do it. It's like it's like they, they once they leave, you're just the guy that was there at this place. For me, uh, right? the the great Trinity always been for me, and they're good friends and people that I look up to. It's Russell Peters, Jim Norton, and David Hell. They yeah. just they always kept their words. They're great. They're consummate professional, but they're hilarious guys. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Norton. I just did that show for Jessamay down there with him. He he came out on behalf of her just to be nice and did the fundraising. Yeah, she asked him to. You know, just Russell incredible comedy mind. But, you will, you will, and yeah. then I want you and your family to come to Southern California because I think it'll be good for you to see the other podcasting, the comedy scene. But you know, uh, we don't want to get detail, but one of your family member could benefit by going to California because it'll be very fun, and uh, you know, the futures. Yeah, we'll see. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I I'll definitely make my way out there. She's been asking me to come out too. She's been real. She wants to show. She's all of as far as people who've helped me out in the business. Yeah, I mean, like I said, she's the only one that that. Not the only one, but one of the only ones that sure. really has gone above and beyond to, to try to get me out on the road, yeah. try to get me work, and try to get me seen. And, and she wants me to go out there. She wants to give me, do the rounds. So it'll be fun if I come out. We'll be able to hang out and, and have some fun on the, uh, yeah. the West Coast. So I'm looking forward to that, you know, hopefully. so. Cool. Um, I think uh, I think that, that was a pretty good episode. And um, I'm, you know, I'm ending. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm ending. Um, well, thanks for having me. Um the podcast but uh yeah check out marty when you're in east coast but for sure when 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 i when i see him in la i've very very exciting for me we have a 
bunch of friends over in uh, LA area. And by then, maybe I'll have a podcast, and then I could still have you on. As I could bother you and have you on as a yeah. It's never bother. And um, <laughs> if you ended up doing something like a mixed martial art, I definitely want you to meet my friend uh, Josh Gross, considered to be one of the best mixed martial art um, a reporter. But he just wrote a book called Ali versus Inoki. Uh, uh, it's that uh, late September. 1976 match between Muhammad Ali and the greatest Japanese wrestler Antonio Inoki. He wrote a book about that. I read it. Fantastic. And if you're a fan of mixed martial arts, boxing, wrestling, and show business in general, it's really interesting. I never knew how much of a wrestling and boxing uh, business were in LA and how much it influenced Muhammad Ali. He learned the whole showmanship when he was visiting LA and learning from the wrestling venue. Yeah. yeah. So you know when you do announcing the showmanship. Yep. That's why. People love America because of the freedom and the land of opportunity, but they also fa- like America because the showmanship. We have yeah. so much fun entertainment, man. We are the number one in the whole world. Yeah. No one does it better than us. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 we have that unique, flashy uh, thing about us. That the, the guys I look at, the Bruce Buffer for the UFC, when yeah. you watch him announce, he's, uh, Michael Buffer was a great announcer, the golden voice. You know, Let's get ready. You know, yeah. Bruce um maybe he doesn't have the same pipes as my he's got great pipes you know? sure well, i wish i had his pipes but you watch him and he's he's i try to be like that a little bit like i try to be physically if i'm into the fight i want that excitement to come through because i want the fighters to feel it sure calling their names that makes for a better fight you know spike them up a little bit get them pumped and, and i want the crowd to feel it um it's a, yeah it's a little bit of show everything's a little bit of showmanship just yeah it's just like comedy too you know yeah the guys who go out and just stand there and just tell jokes but sometimes you need to put a little bit behind it you know you, you it is a performance, you know, you, you should, like, I, I'm drawn to that. I'm drawn, I'm not drawn to guys who are, like, over-physical, yeah. but I'm drawn to the guys who, who you can see they're in it and they're having fun and they're out there and, yeah. they're, and they're working, you know, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's what happens. And I'll finish with this. Um, I was talking to one of my friends and this person was frustrated today with the career and things like that, but we need to remember, well, the way I look at it, if something bad happened to me, I still could joke about it. So it's kind of yeah. good. And if something good happened to me, it's good. So I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, it really doesn't hurt me in that way. And to, what was the thing that Jerry Seinfeld used to talk about? There's a bunch of jazz singers, uh, whatever, they're traveling, their car broke or something. They're in the middle of nowhere. They're freezing. They're hungry. They're looking for a mes- uh, find a place to stay, sleep for the night. They're just walking by the house and they see family having a nice, quiet dinner and having typical dinner uh, in the house. And I think that one of the musicians like, who the fuck live like that? That's so boring, right? <laughs> so it's so exciting to live this life. And if, if as long as you're not motivated for, for something other than yeah, I mean, just having a good time and, and having a, just being excited, even telling the new joke that got laughed, I think I, I can't, really can't see a scenario where it could hurt me, you know? To be upside downside with comedy... Uh, upside on a uh, you have a great show then you have that that you feel and people yeah. are thanking you they spent their money to come out see you and they're thanking you that feels great and if you have a bad show um it's still kind of funny though it's it's still <laughs> kind of funny especially to your friends in the bedroom yeah. but it's also i always tell this to the new comics too you learn more by the bad shows than you yeah. do from the good shows you yeah. just go out and you kill you just yeah. walk off you don't care but when you go out and you struggle and you fight for it or you go out and you eat you eat it yeah. all uh, you learn in those moments. You learn about yourself. You learn about your comedy. You learn about uh, audience. You learn. Sure. So you're either going to learn or have a great time. So it's like one of those rare things where there's very few days that you go to work in comedy where you just, you know, you, you, you coast through. You know, you, you try to have some sort of 
get something out of it. And finally, you all see that painting of those three guys in Revolutionary War. They're all like uh, bandaged up. They're one of them playing like uh, uh, you know flute or something. But uh, that that fighting spirit, you know, and uh, it's kind of fun struggling. I yeah. mean, I mean, that's why it's so funny too when you meet comedians you haven't seen in a long time because it's just like you. It's like you're starting from the second another page. You know, it's like a, nothing really changed. You know, yeah. it's like hey, you know, I haven't seen you in two years, but you go back to the same spot last time you saw that person. That's you know? it. Yeah, that's it. All right, Marty. Fun. Thanks, Marty, Josh. thanks for doing it. And uh, fo- follow uh, Marty Caproni. And he has that room in uh, uh, Chicopee. And it's going to get bigger and better. And he's going to do a podcast. And, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in L.A. And uh, I- I'm pretty sure I'll be doing your podcast next time when I see L.A. I, I hope so, Yosh. Uh, if, uh, if I do one, I'll put it on my Twitter and I'll put it on my website and all that stuff so that people can find it. But uh, I-, I-, I think I will. I mean, you've convinced me. It's all right. Alright guys, thanks for listening and uh, talk to you guys soon. Bye.